0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the legal breakdown in association with alliance legal today i've got tom maynard with me from luscombe may and we're going to talk about all things farming so tom can i ask you to kind of introduce yourself and ask just kind of a bit of a background about yourself
1: thank you josh um so my name tom maynard um i'm a rural charter surveyor and registered valuer um, I worked for Lusk and May and I have been for about four years. Um, I qualified and became a member of the Institute Royal Institution of Chartered Taviers um, about 80 months ago. And then also qualified um, and became a fellow of the Association of Agricultural Valuers about nine months ago. Um, so, yeah, that's a quick summary really on me. I'm a farmer's son. Um, I live in East Devon um, on a farm. So um, hopefully that practical knowledge helps me um, in my day to day job as well.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Tom so tom obviously with the bps payment transition that the government's kind of putting in place um, can you kind of explain what the process is and what kind of farmers need to do or what they should have done by now to kind of be in the best position for the coming years with the transition in place
1: yeah so many people may know already some people won't obviously um, but the basic payment scheme is basically um, a scheme, in short, that pays farmers about £93 an acre to uphold cross-compliance um, conditions. So that's um, trimming hedgerows at the, set, at the right time of the year, um, leaving field margins, etc. Um, not on every farmer's really on that scheme if they can, if they're over the 12 and a half acres thresholds and they can claim the payment. Because traditionally it's been a very good payment, um, especially for your lowland farmers and your highland farmers, it's really been there. Uh, mixed sorry mixed farming that's kind of been their profit margin traditionally um so it's been very very good really the basic payment scheme for many farmers for a long time now um as it was always um under the common agriculture policy but ever since we left the european union um we're now um within our own destiny, you see what i mean so um in short, what the government have announced is that the basic payment scheme will be tailored down on an annual basis um, from 2021 until 2027. This will mean slowly um, the payments will reduce each year, and um, so farmers need to look elsewhere really to see where they can generate additional revenue to, to kind of co- counteract this um this deduction on an annual basis. So. Farmers are looking at quite a few different ways around this. Um, So the most immediate uh, um, area is that of um, the countryside stewardship schemes, which is kind of environmental schemes in essence. Um, So that's kind of mid-tier and so on, which I can discuss um, later on. Um, There's also a brand new big new environmental scheme coming in in 2024 um, under ELMS. And that will be the sustainable farming incentive, as well as a few other schemes as well in due course, um, which will be quite interesting as well. In regards to counteracting with farmers, how do farmers counteract the BPS reductions? It's very tricky. You need to try and diversify, is what a lot of people will always tell you. Um, so that's definitely an option for a lot of farmers. Um, but it's a very tricky time. And it's um trying to, well, trying to adjust your business, not to be reliant on the basic payment scheme income, because that will soon disappear. Okay.
0: Are you seeing a lot of farmers either getting the payment in place to kind of have it over time, or are they taking the lump sum? Because I believe there's a lump sum payment you can take instead.
1: You're exactly right, Josh. There is a lump sum payment. So the lump sum payment is basically for someone who wants to retire as a farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can take this lump sum of money, which is, I think, 2.47 um, times the amount or something. It's not actually that much money in the scheme of things. Because if you're going to retire as a farmer and say your basic payment scheme income's 20,000 and you're going to get paid 50,000, it's not actually that much money in the scheme of things um more moreover the other issue with the lump sum exit scheme is the actual um inheritance tax implications etc because if you take that lump sum you've got to sell off your farm or um retire from farming while a lot of people will kind of let out their ground for on a grazing license etc and try and manage um to be an active farmer still Mm -hmm. um to get those tax benefits so basically when they pass away then hopefully they'll gain agricultural property relief and um, won't be um, hit by a large amount of inheritance tax so it's really tricky but the lump sum exit scheme we personally haven't had much of an uptake on Um, it's been quite surprising really um, but I think that's just more the practical kind of tax implications of that more than anything
0: okay okay so what do you see kind of next for if so if I was a farmer in place at the moment obviously what would you kind of be advising in terms of the BPS and where we should be going with the direction of kind of the, net, the future of the farm
1: it's really tricky so my dad asked me this all the time okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so i'd always say look at countryside stewardship just as something countryside stewardship is not a get you rich quick scheme um that's just worth bearing in mind but it is surprising with how many farms um you can enter into countryside stewardship and they can earn a little bit of revenue out of it i picked up a um a new client the other day he was with a different agent and um they had about 100 acres of permanent pasture and sat down with them and went to the countryside stewardship and basically put them into low grass and managed hedgerows and a couple of other options as well. Um, and in total, they were going to earn about an additional, I think it's four to five thousand pounds per annum, which was which is really good for them. Um, and you know, he was really impressed with that. And on top of that, he also got um, well, we're hopefully going to get fingers crossed, um, a lot of well at four pounds ninety a meter. So um, that's kind of really worth looking into at the current time. Um, that isn't going to work for every farm. Um, you need to kind of focus on your efficiency and so on, which farmers are doing really well. Um, so it's a very tricky time to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Um, so with the
0: farming sector as it is at the moment, where can you see it kind of going with the general like next generation coming up in the farming sector? What are you what are you kind of expecting to see from what you can even from everything i mean as the
1: next generation as well yourself it, it's very tough it's really tough it, you kind of want that crystal ball really to know um, i think it's so tricky um nowadays because you're getting even large landowners uh, well you know wealthy people wealthy individuals buying up land um simply for the inheritance tax or rollover relief etc mm-hmm. um, those reliefs really probably more so rollover in my personal opinion needs to be slightly looked at um, just because of the realistically the implications of that, you know if you're selling development land at five hundred thousand pounds an acre or two hundred fifty thousand pounds an acre and you 're selling off two hundred acres well you know you need to be you need to buy you know a good size farm really um to roll over it's it's very tricky mm-hmm. um so I don't know, you know, it's very tricky to know what's right or wrong. I think you just need to focus on your business and your efficiency, etc. Um, we're going through quite a volatile time in farming. Um, as we've seen with all the grain prices, they've been up and down massively. You know, your barley and wheat only a month ago was well over £300 a tonne. Um, now it's dropping significantly. Well, it's dropped significantly. Your fertilizer prices, likewise. Um, that'll be a very interesting one to see what happens. I think you just need to focus on your your business and your efficiency and, and stick to what you're good at. And if there's not money, or something to be open-minded to other suggestions as well, really. Okay. Um, so think it's, it's going to be adapting and keeping your options open and being open-minded, really.
0: Yeah, so going to kind of the two points you've just raised there, really, is running costs, as, as we talked before we started recording. I think I saw an article on the, I think it was the National Farmers Union, on their LinkedIn post, they were saying that one farmer on average pays about 80000 for his irrigation pumping electricity bill. And he changed that estimate to 250,000. And now it's about 350,000 because the cost of running that pump and because of the the summer we're having and the droughts to kind of keep everything going. Are you kind of seeing that across the board with different costs in the farming sector? Is everything kind of
1: going up quite a lot? It's going to really hit. It's going to really hit probably in the last previous year. For, you know the arable farmers probably did. Uh, generally, well, it depends how much they sell forward. But if they were selling it forward at three hundred pounds a ton, um, they had the fertilizer at a reasonable price. You know there was a decent, decent profit margin there for them. Uh, sheep farmers like us at home, um, we're probably getting another ten to fit. Well, we're getting less, about ten to fifteen pounds per head, um, for our lambs, which is obviously not ideal because that's eating to a easy into your profit margin. But you know you've got to sit the rough and the smooth um like you said about the additional costs um you know fertilizer is a massive one it's spiraled um and what's worrying is obviously um george eustace came out didn't he and and there was that infamous quote that he said well farmers shouldn't worry about the fertilizer well not shouldn't worry but um should be applying more more slurry onto their land um which as a farmer sounds quite naive because you're always going to be using your slurry every single year i don't know quite where he thinks we put all this slurry and leave it for years on end um (laughs) That already. Um, so that was a very interesting quote, but uh, slightly worrying at the same time, I must say. Um, but it's a very tricky one. It's a very tricky one. And like you said, the costs are going up dramatically. Um, electricity costs are going up hugely. Luckily, the dairy, you know, the milk price has gone up quite a bit. It's over about, I think it's around 50p now, um, which that's quite good because then that can help counteract um, these sudden increasing costs.
0: Okay. OK, I guess with the dairy prices, a few of these farmers are going to be on lots contracts, though, so they might not get the increase.
1: Well, a lot of them work with Arla and so on, and they will react. Um, so, they should, um, so they have been traditionally, well, they have been actually in the last six, 12 months, very good. Um, but obviously there was a time before that where um, Arla hadn't been doing that well for their clients. You know, it's just how it goes, um, you know, but they're. I think they're doing pretty well at the moment and the dairy farmers are. They need that price um, in order to count their costs, really, that have gone up substantially, as, as you noted, really.
0: Hmm. Um, so kind of going on from the running costs to kind of the land and farm values, where are you kind of seeing that at the moment? Because I'm seeing various reports of different values. Some are saying they're going up. Some are saying they're kind of staying where they are. Some are saying they're kind of going down. They're not really It's not really saying particular areas. They're kind of just
1: across the board. It just. It's just varying. It's it's so hard with land values at the moment. Um, realistically, you've got a finite supply of land. You've only got we've only got so much. We haven't got any more. There's not going to be any more land one day. Um, down where we practice, obviously, mainly Devon, uh, mainly obviously down South, South Devon, but we're going to Cornwall and um, Somerset, etc. As well. Um, I think generally your land prices they're going to stay fairly. I think they're always going to stay high, providing all those tax implications and tax benefits stay. Um, if suddenly the government changed their mind and we're having to pay full inheritance tax and there's no agricultural property relief or business property relief or rollover doesn't become a thing and so on, I think that will change things ever so slightly because okay. um, your mind is going to change um, that said, your amenity land between naught to 5 acres when we put on little pony paddocks etc, um, they are selling for some unbelievable prices mm-hmm. um, which, um, recently was about 9 months ago, was nearly £100,000 for an acre field um, which was quite something, considering it was just being bought for, for amenity use. Um, but that's quite an exceptional case, I must say.
0: Okay, yeah. And then what about general farm values, like the full, not just the land itself, what about the ones with the farmhouses, the barns, the actual full-size farms? What are the values like on those? Are they kind of staying quite high?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we obviously sell a lot more property in kind of South Devon and a little bit in East Devon as well. We've been doing recently um the demand for, with anything with land is is high um everyone rings up and everyone's a little bit of land um so they do sell very well um especially when you know kind of you lot up farms some people obviously don't like lots up farms but if you want to achieve probably the best possible price um commonly you have to lot up your farm not always um yeah. but commonly and if you're selling then a farmhouse with five acres or so or 10 acres you know that's that's ideal for a lot of people people would love that um so generally that's been quite popular. Um, it's hard though with the farm market, there aren't that many farms coming on the market generally. Um, you know, down in the South where many specialise, you might get a one a year or two a year or so. Um, there isn't that many that are popping up. Um, so, so yeah, it's very, very interesting time. You know, I'd like to be selling more farms. Um, yeah. It's just the way it goes. There's a tradition and so on behind it. Um, And we have quite a lot of people that we're chatting to at the moment who are kind of considering selling. Um, So we go out there, we chat to them about their options, what we think the likely prices would be that are achieved. Um, And then sometimes people want to put them on straight away. And, you know, one I saw the other day, he wants to put it on in about nine months' time and others, I'm sure, in a few years' time. So, you know, it's just how it goes and sometimes not at all. Yeah, Yeah. So
0: kind of everything we kind of talked about, I'm sure we'll come back to the BPS transition again in a second but from the kind of main things you'll see what's the main things that farmers should be watching out for and what are the main things affecting farms apart from bps running costs
1: yeah i think uh one of the big things with with farming uh dairy farms is trying to well with anyone if you're employing anyone you need to find good people and that's really tricky to do and if you find someone good you want to look after them um I think that's a massive one, to be honest with you. you Needs to be just careful of your costs um, and just keep those costs if you can, as low as possible, You know, obviously to a degree, yeah. but it's very strict with farming. Another thing I do slightly worry about with farming is you get a lot of, uh, generally the age um, of farmers each year is going up and um, there's not the new entrants coming into farming. And I don't think there's either the, the financial support. So back in the day um, when basic payment scheme was at 93 pounds yeah. acre, it's obviously down now. Um, young farmers would be giving a young farmers top up it was called which was a 25% additional payment on their BPS Um, and they got the entitlement basically to claim this money against um, for free which that was a really nice positive for a lot of young farmers because the costs now of getting into farming are absolutely astronomical Um, they're huge Uh, I think really you need to start off with your sheep farming that's probably your lowest cost um, enterprise to get into originally you know, if, if I had no if I, if I had no agricultural background, I wanted to buy a dairy farm. There's just no chance unless your parents are uh, quite wealthy and are willing to really back you. Um, so it's really tricky to know what's right and wrong with. Um, and also,
0: trying to pay back that asset value in the first place from trying to run the farm is going to be pretty much impossible in probably
1: in your lifetime. It, it is. Bear, bear in mind interest rates. Interest rates just seem going to go up, aren't they? Well, they are going up um that it's you know it, it was someone pretty brave um uh, with no agricultural background to go out and buy a big farm and try and get into it and there's a lot to learn and, and you know you need to have that experience and expertise yeah so kind of obviously i see devon county council have still got some of
0: their kind of starter farms and they've been putting leases out there for tenders and kind of trying to
1: get new people in there are they kind of a good route to go down they are a good route to go down. Um, to be fair, in the Duchy of Cornwall, they'll also do some as well. Um, it's just not that many. Um, realistically, Devon County Council, likewise, uh, you know, Somerset sold off a lot of theirs. Um, you know, the, these county councils are under pressures financially, and so they want to sell the farms because they're worth so much money. Um, so it's it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, for a young farmer. Um, but people will give them an opportunity if they're driven if they're keen and they're you know determined to do that people will give them opportunities it's just amazing you know where you get those opportunities I was speaking to one chap who I know quite well at a wedding on Saturday and he was saying that basically his neighbouring farmer actually came in one day and said to him um, that he wanted to um, let him basically take over his farm if he was keen um, which obviously you know the chap accepted Um, which is fantastic. And he's paying a reasonable rent, but not an overboard rent. And hopefully it works out for all parties.
0: Okay. So you kind of, where are you seeing investment in the farms at the moment? The actual, where are farmers actually investing their money in new barns, new equipment? Kind of, are we
1: going down the robotic routes? Or... depends on the farm really depends on the farm so um i'd say your dairy farmers uh you know some of them mean putting in rotary parlors uh, robots etc um you know dairy out of all the industries probably is the one that tracks most investment um but then the figures are bigger um so i think that's why that is um your equipment's expensive your kits your machinery is expensive there's no doubt that it's going up you know steel price go everything's going up so likewise your tractor costs are going to go up mm-hmm. uh, it depends really on farm to farm, to be honest with you. I know, you know, for example, us at home, um, we're not probably being as, as, I think my dad would agree with me, not being probably as proactive as he previously had been 20 years ago, because I'm not going to directly you know work on the farm every day. Um, so it's keeping your options open. So, you know, we've been doing other things um it depends on the farm really from from, from on a farm to farm basis are you looking at seeing quite a lot of diversification into kind of
0: shepherd's huts glamping pods and kind of b&bs and that, that kind of side of things
1: yeah i think the the b&b is a tricky one we don't get as so many going into that now i would say airbnb is more popular um people quite like that you can earn quite good money out of that but it's a lot of work again nothing's nothing's easy money that's for sure um you glamping um there's a lot of those popping up, isn't there? A lot of people ring us up and say, "I want to, you know, make a glamping site so or do a do a glamping site, etc." Um, and I know the local authorities are kind of inundate, aren't they, really, with applications for that? Um, obviously, under the 28-day rule, etc. But, um, but yeah, that's that's a very interesting one. What farms look into, definitely. I think farms just considering all, all things. It just depends on your farm. You've got to look at your farm strengths, your farm weaknesses and go from there. In the South Hams, if you've got a beautiful coastal view, you know, camping field will be fantastic. Yeah. You know, you can earn really good money out of that. It's it's looking for what your strengths and weaknesses are as a farm. And then what about
0: development? Is there, I'm assuming there's quite a lot of farms looking at the development potential of what land they've got. I, I think I saw last year that Bristol had one farm left within the Bristol city council boundary and they wanted to build on those uh 25 acres that are remaining on this farm and they they obviously blocked it because it was the only farm left in that actual boundary
1: yeah i know um i know a lot of farmers like to sell their, their farms to development uh you can add a lot of money out uh, depending on the case but it's hard it's really hard for development it's not easy uh the planning structure at the current time is exceedingly long um, you know, a former colleague, uh, Charlie Rita Brown, you know, he dealt with Sherford for 30 years, um, to get Sherford done and dusted. You know, he was fantastic, you know, he spent a huge amount of time at that, which was, um, quite something, really. Um, and that, that's the issue with development, but I think a lot of farmers would consider that, but a lot of farmers don't have that option, you know, they uh, live in the middle of the yeah, side, um, I and guess, there's no real ham- I
0: guess also we've got the local plan for Plymouth and South Hams, and that's got their five year land supply as well, so it's kind of stop the opportunity for a lot of the farms that possibly might have had the potential to be able to build at least for another or an, it put their land forward for at least another three four five years to kind of look at it for development potential I guess
1: it's amazing how many um, farms are approaching us though and they're receiving letters, um from developers um, asking them you know can we can we have a chat to you can we go into a promotion agreement can we do this um, because the developers still want a land bank um, that's what they're going to want to be doing and that's what they've truly always done um, and it makes complete logical sense to them as well um, yeah, so- I mean, I've, I've got
0: clients that have signed promotion agreements with landowners and they're kind of the promotion agreements are probably now coming towards the end because they've had them four or five they're probably on their fourth or fifth year and haven't really done much with it mainly because they're waiting for the local plan in the South Hams and Plymouth but they're asking the landowners to extend them and kind of where else are you I guess they're kind of going to the landowners and saying have you got another option at the moment and we kind of showing you what's going on so can we sign up for another five years and see what happens
1: yeah I think that's exactly what they're doing um they they keep extending that they've done that with so many clients and so on it depends on the client. some clients will say no nope, I don't want to go with you anymore or plans are changed or you know it depends on the farm to farm um but the promotion agreements have been quite popular, as you would as know, I'm sure, Josh, in recent times with farming and um, and development. Um, but a lot of farmers don't have that luxury. Um, it's only a very small, minute number will benefit from sending, selling a little bit of land for development.
0: I mean, the promotion agreements just kind of hope value more than anything, rather than
1: actual guaranteed income. Yeah, it's exactly that. You're kind of hoping um, more than anything else. You get a little bit, you know, you get a little bit of a... Um, Incentive payment, but it's not, you know, it's not a be or end all. No. Um, already. So, just with the promotion
0: agreements, actually, kind of with the hope value, obviously, like we were talking about, uh, APR agricultural property relief earlier, do you have to take them into account when you're valuing land for development potential? And does it affect the APR kind of um help that you get? Obviously, because you get 100% APR. Relief in inheritance taxes. Obviously, it's a running farm, and you can prove that. If you're starting to look at promotion agreements and things, does that affect the values that you put on the on the farms?
1: It's it's very tricky. It's a case by kind of case basis, really, and to see the the ins and outs of the promotion agreement, etc. As well. Um, if you you are right, there is definitely hope value, um, but if it's being used for agricultural purposes, my understanding is that you can also claim business property relief um, yeah. as well on the. Library. Um, to cover you against um, that inflation obviously in value providing yeah. you are using that farm um, I'll, I'll leave that to the accountants but that's my okay. understanding and there's I remember uh there's quite a bit of case law on this and so on but I, I won't bore you to tears with the case law no, that's, fine. that's, that's good. fine um
0: so thanks for going over all those points Tom really so just to kind of summarize the main things to kind of look out for is obviously the BPS transition kind of get all your paperwork in order if you haven't i'm sure there's some deadlines that have been missed but i'm assuming if if some of the farmers have missed deadlines or not done anything about it i'm hoping most farmers would have there's obviously opportunity there still to kind of plan ahead of what's coming and kind of work out what kind of schemes to put your farm in in the kind of going forward
1: yeah and it's just worth keeping an eye on the grants i know with our farmers we're trying to be a lot more proactive now um so there's a lot Grants and so on coming out um, for farming, so um, we're sending out a letter to all of our clients um, all the time whenever a new grant comes out now. Um, so they're kept in the loop basically um, with everything. So you know, if anyone ever wanted to be added to that, just just send me an email and um, that's no problem at all. We can I'll, add you. To I'll them. put
0: your contact details at the end, so everyone's got those. Um, I think we've kind of covered everything. Is there anything kind of you feel that I've missed that you feel might be important for people to kind of know about from the farming side? Is there anything kind of coming potentially that
1: anyone needs to be aware I, of? I think main stuff there, there's a new uh, big grant coming out that a lot of people talk about in regards to slurry, which is quite interesting. Um, but the full details that haven't yet been released, but we know snippets. Um, so that's something to bear in mind. Um, slurry storage. Um, but that's the main real things, Josh. I think you've covered the main topics really well. Thank well, you.
0: Thanks, Tom. I will put your contact details at the end. And um, obviously, if people want to get in contact with you, it's uh, Tom at Lusk and May. And I'll just put your email and contact details so they can get a hold
1: of you. So thanks time, Tom. Thanks, Josh. Thanks very much.
0: If you would like to contact myself, Joshua Gardner, please feel free to email me at joshua at alliancelegal.uk or call me on 01548 434 009 or to contact Tom, please feel free to drop him an email at thomas.maynard at or to phone him on his direct number 01364 646 Thank you again for listening to another episode of The Legal Breakdown and I look forward to seeing you again on our next episode. Thank you very much.